0: Against Babylon and the inhabitants of Leb-Kamai. And uh, we will have occasion to talk about what Leb-Kamai is all about. Uh, but would somebody read 51 verses 1
1: to 14? Thus says the Lord Behold, I am going to arouse against Babylon and against the inhabitants of Lebkami the spirit of a destroyer. I will dispatch foreigners to Babylon that they may winnow her and may devastate her land. For on every side they will be opposed to her in the day of her calamity. Let not him who bends his bow bend it, nor let him rise up in his scale armor. So do not spare her young men. Devote all her army to destruction. They will fall down slain in the land of the Chaldeans and pierce through in their streets. For neither Israel nor Judah has been forsaken by His God, the Lord of hosts, although their land is full of guilt before the Holy One of Israel. Flee from the midst of Babylon. And each of you save his life. Do not be destroyed in her punishment, for this is the Lord's time of vengeance. He is going to render recompense to her. Babylon has been a golden cup in the hand of the Lord, intoxicating all the earth. The nations have drunk her wine. Therefore the nations are going mad. Suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail over her. Bring balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. We applied healing to Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her, and let us each go to his own country, for her judgment has reached to heaven and towers up to the very skies. The Lord has brought out about our vindication. Come and let us recount in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Sharpen the arrows, fill the quivers, for the Lord has aroused the spirit of the kings of the Medes because his purpose is against Babylon to destroy it. For it is the vengeance of the Lord, a vengeance for his temple. Lift up a signal against the walls of Babylon, post a strong guard, station sentries, place men in ambush, for the Lord has both purposed and performed what he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babylon. O you who dwell by many waters, abundant in treasures, your end is come, the measure of your end. The Lord of sworn by himself. Surely I will fill you with a population like locusts, and they will cry out with shouts of victory over you.
0: So I'm going to arouse against Babylon and against the inhabitants of Leb-Kamai, the spirit of a destroyer. Have you ever heard of Leb-Kamai? I didn't think so. Let me tell you what leb is. This is really a little complicated. You don't have to remember it, but it will explain it. Leb Kama'i is an atbash for the Chaldeans. I bet none of you have ever heard an at- of an atbash.
2: <laughs>
0: an atbash is a thing you do with a word where you reverse the letters. Now, I mean reverse in a different way than what I know how to say other than to describe. If it was English letters, let's say you wrote out the alphabet, A to Z. Let's say under it you wrote out the alphabet Z to A and you traded letters. So if you got an A in your uh, name, that would become a Z. If you got a B in your name, that would become a Y. Get the idea? A C in your name would become an X. You just trade letters. You just reverse the alphabet. kamai is Chaldean in (laughs) Atbash. Reversing... The uh, letters of Babylon for their reversed ones, inverted ones. But it means the heart of those who rise up against me. So he's playing on that. He reversed the letters and it came out with the meaning. This is the heart of those who rise up against me. He is seeing Babylon, the Chaldeans, as the center of those who rise up against God. So he's playing on that. You know, he, he reverses the letters and is able to come up with an expression that describes Babylon. That was pretty cool that he could do that. doesn't mean a lot to us because we don't know Hebrew letters. So it's all kind of like, you read that and you don't know what it's talking about. But that's what it's talking about. And God's going to devastate Babylon, people against her on every side. Uh, he's going to annihilate, verse 3, the whole military forces of Babylon. They'll fall down slain. God's going to not forsake Israel and Judah, telling them to flee from Babylon so they don't uh, get killed in the fallout of Babylon's punishment. This is the time of the Lord's uh, vengeance into verse 6. He's going to recompense Babylon. Look at verse 7. What has Babylon been? A golden cup. What does that mean? Provided the Lord's judgment. Yes. Babylon has been this cup of wrath mm. in the Lord's hand that he's handed off to other nations that he used Babylon to punish. And now Babylon's going to have to drink the cup. Now Babylon's going to be punished and destroyed. Their cup has uh, been been broken. Babylon's fallen. She's broken into pieces. There's no healing possible in verse 8 and verse 9 you know you can't this is they they're, they're so sick no doctor can uh can cure them just get away from there look at verse 9 forsake her and let each of us go to her own, his own country for her judgment has reached to heaven and towers up to the very sky god gave them judgment All the way up to heaven. What does that remind you of? The Tower of of Babel. They tried to reach heaven. Well, they're going to reach heaven, all right, but it's going to be in their judgment, punishment that's going to get up to heaven. Uh, This is our vindication. So, who does God uh, call to fight against Babylon, verse 11? The Medes. The Medes. We know that the Medes were an ancient nation on the east of Babylon and they joined together with Persia and they created a coalition, an alliance that conquered Babylon. The Medo-Persian Empire ruled from about 539 <laughs> till about 330-ish. You know who conquered the Medo-Persian Empire? Great, great. Alexander the Great of the Macedonian, the Greek Empire. So yeah, so the ba- the Medes... But you wouldn't have known this by looking at secular history. God was the one who raised up the Medes. God was the one who was using the Medes and the Persians to punish Babylon. God is the one who's in charge. This is not just because of Median uh, planning. This is really God's design behind this. So Babylon is destroyed. He's Look at the end of verse 12. For the Lord has both purposed and performed what he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babel. So, God is doing what he said he was going to do, what he purposed to do. God is bringing Babel in down. Comments and questions? 15 to 19.
3: It is He who made the earth by His power, who established the world by His wisdom, and by His understanding stretched out the heavens. When He utters His voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and He makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and He brings forth the wind from His storehouses. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his images are false. There is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of delusion. At the time of their punishment, they shall perish. Not like these is he who is the portion of Jacob. For he is the one who formed all things. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name.
0: Now this is very similar to an early pa- earlier passage in Jeremiah. Also... This is essentially Jeremiah 10, verses 12 to 16, which is talking about how the Lord is so powerful in comparison with the idols. Here we're seeing the power of God to bring the Babylonians down. The thing that we need to see when you see the Babylonians being brought down is not to see, oh, the Babylonians were brought down. Look beyond that, behind that, and see things about God. We see God acting, and it shows us the power of God. It shows us the wisdom of God. It shows us God as the one who is totally different from the idols. No idol God can even breathe. No idol God can do anything. God does it all. Uh, And so, so we really need to be brought to seeing the greatness of God. God bringing down the Babylonians was just child's play to him. Couldn't take him any effort at all. And it really showed the Babylonian gods up. You know, they were useless in an emergency. God could deal with the Babylonians. So when we think about what the Lord does in destroying nations, think about what that shows you about the Lord himself. Comments and questions on that? 20 to 26. You are my battle uh, axe and
3: weapons of war. with you I will break the nations in pieces. With you I will destroy kingdoms. With you I will break in pieces the horse and its rider. With you I will break in pieces the chariot and its rider. With you also I will break in peace, pieces man and, and woman. With you I will break in pieces old and young. With you I will break in pieces the young man and the maiden. With you also I will break in pieces the shepherd and his flock. With you I will break in pieces a farmer and his, his yoke of oxen. With you I will break in pieces governors and rulers. And I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea. For all the evil they have done in Zion and your sight, says the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, who destroys all the earth, says the Lord. And I will stretch out my hand against you, roll you, roll you down from the rocks, and make you a burnt offering. They shall not take from you a stone for a corner, nor a stone for a foundation, but you shall
0: be desolate forever, says the Lord. There is a debate about who the you is in 20 to 23. Who do you think?
2: Israel?
0: That's one possibility. What's the other one? Babylon. That's a debatable issue. I'm, for the time being, preferring to uh, explain this as Babylon. Babylon has been the weapon in God's hand. God's used Babylon to shatter nations, destroy kingdoms, and to bring people down. So, Babylon has been God's tool, been God's instrument. Been God's nation destroyer. Can't, do you feel like God has sometimes used you to do something? Yeah, we feel that way, don't we? That God's used you maybe to help somebody, maybe to lead somebody to Christ, maybe to. The fact that God uses somebody, does that mean that God approves of them necessarily? That's a really key point. You're going to be used by God and God not approves Did he approve of Babylon? Did he use Babylon? Very much. God used Babylon against all these other nations. Babylon was his weapon. Babylon was his hammer. <laughs> you know, he was, he was spanking a bunch of nations with a Babylonian paddle. <laughs> you know, but he was, it, it's not like he thought the paddle was good. And so once he got done with that, then he turns against Babylon. But I will repay Babylon. And the inhabitants of Chaldea, for all the evil they've done in Zion before your eyes, verse 24. Babylon, God used Babylon to destroy Jerusalem, and then destroyed Babylon because they destroyed Jerusalem. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted Jerusalem destroyed, but he wanted Babylon to do it humbly as an agent of the Lord, not pridefully, because they wanted to bring them down. So, God sees Babylon in a before and after shot. In the before, in the first part of verse 25, how does he see Babylon?
2: after executing their judgment
0: before in, in the first part of verse 25 what is how does he describe Babylon? he's a destroying
2: Mount?
0: mountain depends on your translation but in, in my translation behold I am against you O destroying mountain who destroys the whole earth declares the Lord so the first picture of Babylon is this destroying mountain and then God stretches out his hand against them and what does he make them, if you got the New American Standard, what does he make them at the end of
2: 25?
0: Burnt out mountain. A burnt out mountain. Now, a burnt out
2: mountain?
0: What's a burnt out mountain? A
2: volcano.
0: An extinct volcano. You know, what happens when the volcano has already erupted mm-hmm. all that it can erupt? <laughs> And it's already uh, you know, it's kinda like having dry heaves. Eventually it gets all that stuff out of its stomach and there's nothing else to erupt. Now, what would we call an extinct volcano a lot of times? We wanted one word to describe an extinct volcano. I think we've got a word that would fit it pretty well.
2: That's what
0: I was thinking. I'm think of a one word to describe an extinct volcano. Starts with a C crater. Wouldn't that be a decent word? It's kind of a crater. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's not the right definition of that.
1: No. I think it would work. (laughs) (laughs) At
0: at any rate, maybe you prefer extinct volcano. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But I think a burned out crater works. But either way, uh, that's what it becomes. Babylon's been this destroying mountain that's now useless. Just kind of this empty devastated, destroyed mountain. Not got any power anymore. They will not take from you even a stone for a corner. You haven't got a have got a stone for anything. You 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 know there's not going to be anything left of you that's going to do any good for anybody. Babylon was so powerful and now it's so nothing by the Lord's decree. Comments and questions on that. So did you say that twenty or 23 is talking about the meat or is it talking about Babylon? I think Babylon. But it's going to depend on your translation a little bit too. But I think Babylon is better. I think it's between Babylon and Israel. I think it would be the two options. But I think probably better Babylon. Especially because of verse 24. But I will repay Babylon. But you know, in Hebrew, translation discretion, so if you don't have the New American Standard, it may not look quite as much that way as it does the New American Standard. So it's, it's a debatable issue. So. Other thoughts, questions? All right, how about uh, 27 to 33? Lift
2: up the signal on the land. Blow a trumpet among the nations. Consecrate the nations against her. Summon against her the kingdoms of Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz. Appoint the marshal against her. Bring up the horses like bristly locusts. Consecrate the nations against her, the kings of the Medes, their governors, and all their prefects, and every land of their dominion. So the land quakes and arise for the purposes of the Lord against Babylon stand. To make the land of Babylon a desolation without inhabitants, the mighty men of Babylon have ceased fighting. They stay in strongholds. Their strength is exhausted. They are becoming like women. Their dwelling places are set on fire. The bar of her gates are broken. One courier runs to meet another. One messenger to meet another to tell the king of Babylon that his city has been captured from end to end. The fords have also been seized. They have been burned. They have burned the marshes with fire, and the men of war are terrified. For this says the Lord of the hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor at the time it is stamped firm, yet in a little while
0: the time of the harvest will come for her. Lots of military imagery, judgment imagery, blow a trumpet, that is to call the armies out, consecrate the nations against her, just get a whole bunch of nations to come up against Babylon. Consecrate the nations against her 28, the kings of the Medes, their governors, their prefects, every land. So the land quakes and rides. You just see this almost earthquake in the land as all these nations are being brought against Babylon. Every nation is taking a shot at Babylon. Of course, they've destroyed most nations, so every nation's got a a gripe against Babylon. But it's the purpose of the Lord, verse 29, that's happening. Babel is losing its mighty men, their their strength is exhausted, they're becoming like women? What's that saying? Weak, yeah. Women are sometimes used in that. Uh the idea of uh you know a guy doesn't if somebody calls a guy, and oh, you're a woman. You know, they're probably saying you're your you're wimpy, you're weak, you're not able to handle it, whatever. That was the idea here. Um you know they're drawing the drawing they are set on fire, the bars the gates are broken, they're uh the, you, you see Paul Revere or whoever running through the streets of Babylon, <laughs> declaring to the king, "Babylon's fallen!" You know everything—the city's been captured, the forts have been seized. I mean, it's just total devastation. You really just have to appreciate the the power of these pictures. It reminds me a lot of Nehu. With just, uh, you know, the the hustle bustle, the hurry scurry of all the the things that are happening as all these armies are coming through and soldiers this and that and the other thing and Babylon's coming back. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> lots of action to show how quickly Babylon is destroyed. Uh, the harvest imagery in 33, because harvesting and threshing are symbols of God's judgment. You gather the grain into the barn, you burn up the chaff. Comments and questions on this section? Okay, let's do one more, 34 to
4: 44. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has devoured me and crushed me. He has set me down like an empty vessel. He has swallowed me like a monster. He has filled his stomach with my delicacies. He has washed me away. May the violence done to me and to my flesh be upon Babylon, the inhabitants of Zion will say... And may not my blood be upon the inhabitants of Chaldea. Jerusalem will say, Therefore, says the Lord, Behold, I am going to plead your case, and exact full vengeance for you. Now I will dry up her sea, and make her fountain dry. Babylon will become a heap of ruins, a haunt of jackals, an object of horror and hissing, without inhabitants. They will roar together like young lions, they will growl like the lion's cubs. When they become heated up I will serve them their banquet, and they will make them drunk that they become jubilant, and may may sleep a perpetual sleep, and not wake up, declares the Lord. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams, together with male goats, how Shishak has been captured, and the praise of the whole earth has been ceased, how Babylon has become an object of horror among the nations. The sea has come over Babylon, she has been engulfed with its tumultuous waves. Her cities have become an object of horror, a parched land and desert, a land in which no man lives and through which no son of man passes. I will punish Bel and Babylon, and I will make what he has swallowed come out of his mouth, and all the nations will no longer stream to him. Even the wall of Babylon
0: has fallen down. Okay, so first you've got Judah and Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar has devoured and crushed me swallowed me like a mountain you know, here's here's all that Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar has done against God's people, against Jude and Jerusalem you remember anybody else who learned to cry out to God and to pray once he'd been swallowed by a uh, monster (laughs) kind of reminds you of Jonah here, you know swallowed by the monster and now begging to God you know, let Babylon be punished for what they've done against us. Therefore, God's gonna be like the defense attorney, taking up Israel's case. Verse uh, 36, therefore thus says the Lord, behold, I'm gonna plead your case, and exact full vengeance for you. I'll dry up her sea, make her fountain dry. So, uh, God's gonna dry her up. It's gonna become, uh, this place for solitary desert creatures in verse 37. Now, I think verse 38 to 40 is quite an intriguing picture. Did you get it? They will war together like young lions. They will growl like lion's cubs. When they become heated up, I will serve them their banquet and make them drunk that they may become jubilant and may sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake up, declares the Lord I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams together with male goats so first, what are you seeing in 38?
4: you're going to roar and growl like young lion. you got these lions
0: roaring why does a lion roar? They tell me? I hear it's to freeze their prey. You know, paralyzed with fear, the animal they're about to pounce on. So you see these young lions growling, roaring, ready to pounce. Then what happens to these young lions in 39?
2: Once they get all riled up, God kind of gives them what they want temporarily, but... Things are kind of falling into place to exact God's plan. Yes. To overthrow them, ultimately.
0: He really shows these lions as having what happened to them. In verse 39. They get drunk. I think this picture of these drunken lions. They get so drunk. They stagger and they fall and they pass out. And they sleep a perpetual sleep. You know, they pass out and die right there. Or in 40, he pictures them as what? These drunken lions are like what? Lambs. (laughs) So these drunken lions become so weak, they're like lambs that God slaughters. You know, that's what God does to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar is this lion that gets drunk and sleeps a perpetual sleep transmutes into a lamb that God uh, kills the point is God's destroying them uh, God makes Babylon the object poor among the nations in verse 42 what comes up against Babylon God's not particular about the figures in 36 what happened to Babylon they were dried up. Yeah. So in one picture they're dried up, the next time they're flooded out. Either way, they're destroyed. You were just using a variety of figures to just just show that. Uh, the cities are object of horror. Nobody can live in the land. Punish Bel, verse 44, that's the idol god and even the wall of Babylon has fallen in the end of 44 the wall was something Babylon prided themselves on for chariots could ride abreast on their wall and God was bringing the wall of Babylon down, so God is taking all of the objects of Babylon's, uh you know foolish self confidence all the things they prided themselves on and bringing them down this is uh, a lot of judgment on Babylon here picturesque uh, but so much emphasis on that because Babylon had been the instrument through God which God had punished the other nations. Comments or questions about all this?
4: I mentioned Bell a couple times. I will punish Bell and Babylon there, verse
0: 34. What, What's... One what of Babylon's gods. Bel and Marduk, particularly. You find that, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in Isaiah 46. Yeah, Bell is bowed down, Nebo stoops over, their images are consigned to the beasts and the cattle, and so forth, so. 361. I see. Anything else? Well, I think it would be good to stop here. I guess we will continue this maybe in January in the, uh, talent show weekend, and I think the